0: You're listening to Full Blown Coverage, just another football podcast no one asked for. I'm Mark Sayre, and I'm joined each week by Andrew Irvin and Ken Menard. Drew, we spent the weekend in Ann Arbor at the Big House, watching the Huskies get decimated by Michigan and flying with a newborn in the middle of Sunday games. How's your marriage?
1: Oh, man. Let me tell you, now that uh, X Games doesn't seem to be a thing anymore, they should create like a new thing where they just film a couple taking a five month old on two cross country trips in three days. Uh, It was, uh, yeah, it really, it really pressed our relationship. We came out. Okay. I had a few positives, some negatives. Uh, Flew out there on Friday. It Literally we left our house at 8am and got there at 10pm. You lose three hours. We had a connecting flight, but uh, Ann Arbor, The people of Michigan were awesome. There was 108,000 people there. A night game in Michigan was unbelievable. Had sideline passes for the game. Uh, So watched the first half on the field. um, Moved up, watched the rest of the game. Uh, We had a great time, man. It was awesome.
0: You were were on the field for the game.
1: On the field for the first half. And if you have never watched a football game on the sidelines, a a high-level D1 game, I definitely uh encourage you to try uh because you you have a different sort of appreciation for um how fast the game moves and how hard people are hitting each other and how big uh michigan and and to some extent washington football players are now did you get did you get ribbed at all i did but like midwest people are so nice man like i honestly like michigan's gone through some stuff i think they thought they had the guy in harbaugh and they've been just stumbling every year like i almost by the third quarter i'm like i want you guys you guys have been so kind to us so nice that i kind of wanted them to win in terms of the flight back i it was it was like 90 percent terrible but i have to say if you're taking a cross-country flight on a sunday shout out delta airlines in case you want to sponsor this podcast They have the, they actually have incredible internet. I had, uh, they, first they have the direct TV in the seat back in front of you. So I had the CBS game, which was Brown's, uh, chiefs and then $5 for Wi-Fi, And I could stream red zone on my computer. Wow. So like once I got in my seat, baby fell asleep. I ordered three to six beers on the flight and I had red zone in front of me.
0: You had your own video village in flight.
1: It was actually amazing. I was like, I, I can never sit for four hours and watch television with a newborn, like at home. Like I w- it really wasn't even that bad. Uh, so shout out Delta Airlines, the first airline that's been able to figure out how to have actual real internet on a flight, which seems like it's one of those things. It's like incredible technology, but like somehow the internet on airplanes, for the most part, is like AOL dial up from '96. You know, yeah. the pictures are like <laughs> loading. Yeah. Um, but they figured it out. I watched Red Zone, took it all in, caught up on the early games once I got home. So it was, uh, it was worth it. But it was, um, yeah, our, our, our marriage is still intact. Good. Glad to hear it. Ken, you look like you lost more hair. How was your week? Somehow we've lost your mic
0: uh, lost your, your mic went again. out
1: at the, great, at the perfect timing. I thought you were just so mad at that comment that you were speechless, but I've never heard you be speechless before. Maybe He's muted it again. Is the light blinking? It's the light blinking again.
2: Three, two, one. The microphone. There, it oh, is. there we go. It's back. I think my beard knocked into the mute button. Yeah, I'll leave that mic alone. Yes, <laughs> if is that speak- good? Yeah, that's. good. It's not an ice Burn. cream cone, Ken.
0: <laughs> it's it's your buddy. You need to. Like, if you were talking to me and I was right in front of you, how uh, far nothing, would you go away from Hey, it? man,
2: nothing like buddies and ice cream cones. <laughs> 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 All right, we gotta
0: rewind this, Ken. <laughs> We're still laughing. You know what the funny part is? We've come back in now. We're still <laughs> laughing about it. Ken, I'm queuing you up again. You look like you lost more hair. How was your week?
2: I've been listening to a lot of Motley crew lately. Is that bad? Should I'm I be embarrassed of that?
0: Do you own a Honda Shadow?
2: No, not anymore. Oh,
0: saying, if you own a of Shadow, you might be having a midlife crisis. No,
2: I mean, I used to listen to him when I was a kid. And for like the last few days, I just, I felt like it's been a good idea to listen to Motley Crue. Is that, should I be embarrassed of that? Is that like embarrassing music on your iPad or
0: boy? I, I hope it's not embarrassing.
2: <laughs> I'm not embarrassed by it in the least, but I'm just, I was asking you guys in case, you know, ah, I should. No, uh, Motley, Motley
0: Crue is great. I love it. Damn right, man. Well, it was a thrilling first week in the NFL, where half of the games were decided by six points or less, including plenty of surprises and two divisions that didn't lose a game. We'll cover week one highlights, ESPN2's Monday Night Football Manning cast, and our favorite picks for a parlay party and dumpster diving. But first, an obligatory legal blurb for all of you with holes in your pockets. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a of gambling. Instead, the information we present is meant for nothing
1: more than informational and entertainment purposes. Full-blown coverage and its affiliates are not liable for any losses that are incurred or problems that arise from consideration of this podcast content. If you are gambling utilizing information from this podcast, you are doing so completely and totally at your own risk. But
0: if you feel that you may have a gambling problem
1: or addiction there are many outlets by which you
0: can seek help if you do not know what responsible gambling is this especially means you we'll start at the beginning thursday night football dallas at tampa bay the bucks picked up where they left off last season with tom brady notching 379 passing yards and four touchdowns to edge out the cowboys 31 to 29 tampa looks every bit the part of super bowl favorites but dallas faces another tough matchup against the chargers in week two ken are there enough children in Tampa to sustain Tom Strick diet of infant blood?
2: Um, would yes mean that yes he's going to do good if there's a lot of kids with infant blood? <laughs> or if I say no, does that mean what? Is, I don't know. I mean, is the infant blood good? Oh yeah,
0: it's, it's yeah, it's, it's it's keeping him young. It's you know what is he forty? He's forty four, but he's throwing like a twenty four year old. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. Him and Gronk, man. Him and Gronk, they're like buddies in ice cream cones. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're sharing exactly. an ice cream cone Exactly, you know, hey, everybody loves ice cream Well, the guy looks immortal Well, yeah, you guys know well that I think Tom Brady's great um, I'll never detract from anything that he's done um, And, and uh, it was interesting, a few weeks ago I heard uh, Brock Heward, Heward, uh Talking about how, you know, these guys like Brady and, like Brady and Drew Brees They, they do. They have this unbelievable ability to do all the things that you don't want to do, but you know that you have to do over and over again to be successful. He's just that guy, man. Brady, Jeter, Gretzky. You know, they, they. If we're all imperfect, but somebody's got to be perfect. They're almost there, and they have the mindset to be able to handle it all. So, I mean, was there anybody in the stadium that didn't think the fucking? Bucks were going to win at the end of the game. Not one, not one in America. Everyone knew they were going to win, right? Um, yeah, dude, they're rolling, man. And I think that's really what he's taught them. He's taught all of those young players with a lot of talent. This is how you do it. And it's almost, they almost are excited and motivated for the journey as much as the results. Um, so, yeah, I don't think 17 0 is out of the question for them this year. I don't do think, you think so. Belichick has seller's remorse. I don't. I actually don't. I think he knew he had to do it at some point. And he's like, I might as well start doing it now because it's my ass or his.
0: You don't think he did this two years too early. I mean, obviously, Brady led the Bucs to Super Bowl last year. Looks like they could very well do it again. You don't think Belichick's thinking, fuck, I should have I kept him another two years.
1: I don't, I don't think Belichick thinks like that, man. He's thinking about the next game.
2: Yep, exactly. And, and I mean, look, he's a human being. Um, you know, we're not, we're, all, we're not robots as much as people want to make them out to be one. I mean, I'm sure there is at, at, at some point there has been some remorse about what transpired, but he's got to do, his, do the best job he can for the franchise. And that was moving on a year like Bill Walsh. He'd rather move on a year early than a year late. And he had, to, he had to do something. He's not getting any younger either. He's not getting any younger either. He's going to be, if he wants to be there for a while, he's got to make it, he's got to kind of rebuild it and do it on his own. Sure, but what if the Bucs do it again this year? I mean, then the critics are going to
0: say, what are you thinking?
1: Probably, they already do. Not to jump ahead and get to the Manning cast. But it was interesting listening to Russell Wilson uh, during the fourth quarter of the Monday Night Football game. He kept bringing up, like, did you guys leave him too much time and all this? And it's it's interesting to get in the head of a current NFL quarterback. And, like, offenses are so ridiculous now. Back in the day, you would never – you would just try to score a touchdown to win the game. Like, that's what you're trying to do. Under two minutes, you're trying to score. Russell Wilson the whole time is talking about, like, should they run the ball three times now and then – or two times now and then pass on third down to get the clock down more? And it's a really good point, I thought, um, that quarterbacks now have to be cognizant of – it's It's actually really easy to score. I mean, t- how much – if Tom Brady had 45 seconds, you wouldn't feel confident with the lead. If he had anything mm-hmm. more than 20 seconds, you wouldn't feel confident. Uh, I, I just thought that was interesting because he brought it up multiple times about – play calling and and getting the clock down and that's something that that quarterbacks now really have to think about because like defenses have no chance especially against a quarterback like brady that understands clock management and stuff
2: everything he understands everything going on at all times He's got a great football totally, line
1: totally and i i agree with you ken like uh just scoring isn't enough like you can't give tom brady a minute and 40 seconds or whatever he had um and think that you have any chance of holding on to that lead. Nope. But my second uh, point, I actually think the Cowboys and the Browns should feel pretty good. Like the Tampa Bay had their banner unveiled. They did all this stuff and the Cowboys were right in it. Yep. Um, and then the Browns went into Kansas city, one of the hardest places to play. They made it, they made a couple mistakes, but both those teams for teams that lost, Kind of won. All
0: right. Well, the NFC West and AFC West are already locked in a battle for the best division in football, starting with the season with a collective 8-0 and record, including strong performances from two of our Super Bowl long shot picks from last week in the Los Angeles Chargers and Seattle Seahawks. Drew, have all of your reservations about our beloved Hawks disappeared overnight? And would you like to publicly apologize to me for expressing
1: them last week? <laughs> no, I will not. But I if... <laughs> If uh, if the time comes where I need to publicly apologize to you, I will feel very good about it. I'll be yeah. very happy to apologize. I think I think Pete Carroll realized this actually three or four years ago that the the last the last advantage that a defense has that isn't going to be nitpicked because you know Pete Carroll's a secondary guy, the LOB, all that thing. He was a defensive back in college. But really the last advantage that defenses have is getting pressure on the quarterback. And he's, he's tried to do that. And I think the Seahawks have been very um, unlucky. I'll say, I mean, think about it. They drafted Malik McDowell, extremely high, never played a game for the Seahawks. Um, he, he traded for Jadavion Clowney. I think there's mixed results there. It probably didn't work out as, as well as he would have thought last season. They drafted Darnell Taylor, who they were super high on. He never played a game. Bruce Irvin tore his ACL on the first game. Like Pete Carroll knows that he needs to get pressure on the quarterback. And he finally actually has a unit that looked ridiculous on, on Sunday. I think if they stay healthy, they're deep. And he realizes like, this is the, this is the last thing the defense has. You can't call pass interference uh, on the defensive line. obviously put all his chips on the defensive line the cornerbacks are suspect to say the least but he's like hey if we get pressure uh we can make things happen and as you know i'm usually a seahawks pessimist but they looked fat they like their defensive line looked fast and that was against a very good colts offensive line they were in it carson wentz's face the entire game so it was the first time in a few years where i'm like They actually looked really good. I'm not ready to publicly apologize, but, um,
0: (laughs) but you will be.
1: It's trending that direction.
0: Obviously I'm, I'm a Homer, but it was, it was fun to watch. I mean, as I called it last week, their, their rotation of edge rushers, it's so deep and, you know, getting to see, uh, you know, Taylor play and, 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 green play who missed, I think, you know, six games last year was, was super fun. And they, they had pressure and, on Carson and the the Colts offensive line is great, which to me was like the best part of it was to look that good against a good offensive line. Imagine the wrecking ball. They're going to be against bad ones. Um, And the funny thing is too, Bobby Wagner recorded 13 total tackles and Jordan Brooks recorded 11 total tackles. And I didn't even feel like they were the highlight of the defense, but they looked good. I thought the offense looked great too. Um, I don't think people are going to, you know, the Colts tried to double team DK for the first half of that game. Obviously that didn't work and it let Lockett get open and, you know, take a couple of those deep balls for touchdowns. Both of those throws too by Russell were fucking ridiculous.
1: Before my public apology, I would like to note that the Seahawks were the third most impressive team in the NFC West this weekend. I don't disagree
0: with you, which is what we need to be talking about is the rest of this division. To me, I, I, you know, again, the NFC West is going to be not only the NFC best, but the NFL best. I This division looks insane to me. I mean, when you put Stafford now in the mix on the Rams, who I think are scary as fuck. I was talking about the Cardinals, honestly. Yeah.
2: Arizona's defense, they held Tennessee to 13 points, man. That was the big question mark. We're not going to have to play shootouts this year. And you could say what you want about JJ Watt, but he did a lot for that team. Isaiah Simmons looked good. Chandler Jones is back.
0: Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones looked ridiculous. They're pretty good. He looked ridiculous. I think any, any any team in this division to me looked amazing week one. You know, we'll see how they hold up against other teams. You know, not to jump to to another division, but. With the Arizona game, was it Arizona looking as great? Are the Titans fucking bad this year? It's
2: a good question, man. It's a good question. They have two new coordinators and nine new starters. Yeah. You you think Julio Jones would open things up for um, A.J. Brown? You know, Derrick Henry only had like 58 rush yards. I know. Uh, That was an unexpected result. I I was shocked by that. I was shocked by that. They own them. Own them. You know, and maybe there's hey, maybe there's more to Arthur Smith than we think.
0: Well, week week two will be telling because Seahawks, another NFC West team, Titans have to face again, so we'll see what they're what they're made of. The uh,
1: the the that division obviously has to play all the NFC West teams this year, I and know. there's a possibility they lose all of those games.
0: Yes, I 100 agree. It's going to be fun to watch. What about what about the AFC West? I mean, this is, this is an interesting combination of teams to, you know, win out week one, you know, including the Broncos and, and, and the Raiders, which maybe wouldn't have been on everybody's radar to win those games. What do you guys think?
2: Uh, I mean, the Chiefs are going to win the division. The Chargers are going to come damn close to it. I don't see either of those teams doing better than, you know, nine or 10 wins at best,
0: you, you, you don't, you don't think Derek Carr, the, the new casino magician in Las Vegas is, <laughs> is, is going to be able to uh, no. 10 plus
2: win. I I'll believe it when I see it. Hey, I think Derek Carr is really good, man, but I'll believe it when I see it. It's, it's a team effort at the end of the day. You know, I'll believe it when I see it. I mean, is Teddy Bridgewater really going to be enough to bring to, to win 11 games? No, Teddy Bridgewater can win you nine or 10 games. Um, he's a lot like, like Chad Pennington Chad Pennington was never going to win you a Super Bowl But he'd win you 10 or 11 games Yeah. Every now and then, you know, he could
0: Just um, enough to give you hope So they could squander it
1: Yeah, well he played for the Jets So I'm sure his career might have gone a lot <laughs> exactly. differently Somewhere else Let's talk about bad teams, this is full-blown coverage Yeah,
0: well we can Not all divisions are created equal The NFC North posted four L's and every other division in the AFC Other than the West, only logged one W Again, you're an expert in the NFC least, but will another division eat the Raspberry Cobbler in 2021?
2: I am the East Coast expert on this show. <laughs> I'm gonna tell, I'll tell you right now, going back to what we talked about before. I don't know if the Cowboys are a Super Bowl team. I don't think they are. Maybe they can get sneak into an NFC championship game. They look pretty damn good. I'm a big Dak fan. Um You know, it's only week one. They lost to a really good team, but it was promising from that perspective, right? So in the NFC East, you got the Cowboys are probably going to win that division. Taylor Heineke might actually be an upgrade over Ryan Fitzpatrick over the long haul. You never know, but, um, you know, Jalen Hurts looked pretty good. Hey, Giants season's done. (laughs) They're done. They're done. That being said, I think the AFC South is going to be the worst division in football this year. I really do. I don't think Urban's. I don't think Urban is as motivated as people think. The Titans didn't look very good. You know, the Colts have Carson Wentz at quarterback, so you never know what's going to happen to them. And obviously, the Texans again, Tyrod Taylor is not a quarterback that's going to get you more than nine or ten. Um, and they do have to play
1: the NFC West. I don't see that division being very good. Back, back to the NFC North really quick. I think we missed, uh, we missed a coach on the uh, first to get fired. Yeah. Talk we had last week. Mike Zimmer might be out and he might take himself out. Like yeah. he's the kind of guy that might just be like, this isn't working. They looked bad. Their identity is obviously run the ball and play defense and they're not playing defense and that's gotta be frustrating as hell for Mike Zimmer. So I wish I thought of that last week. But Mike Zimmer, Mike Zimmer should be on the uh, first coach to get fired list. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all.
2: Well, how much are we also overreacting to one week of football? I mean, the Texans won by what, two, three, two touchdowns. Mm -hmm. That's not reality. But then again, I'm sitting here saying the Giants are seasons done. So the Giants (laughs) and Jags season is over. It's done. Well,
0: (laughs) to to sort of piggyback on a couple of the quarterbacks in these divisions, we got to see each of the top five rookie quarterbacks playing week one that we discussed on our last episode. Drew, you were high on Trevor Lawrence. He certainly put up some stats against the Texans, even if they did include three interceptions that resulted in the loss.
1: Is his future still bright, or is that just the sheen of his voluptuous air? Well, talking about overreacting, um, again, like I said last week, I was uh, commenting on Trevor Lawrence's NFL career potential, not his first game potential. Um, but an interesting stat, uh, sort of brought this to light last week, but uh, in high school, Trevor Lawrence was 38-0 in the regular season. At Clemson, he was 31-0 in the regular season. And with the Jacksonville Jaguars, he's 0-1. Uh, so that just shows you what the Jags do to people. But he, he still had the fourth most passing yards in NFL history for a rookie quarterback. Uh, I'm not really ready to jump off on Trevor Lawrence. I think he's really good. I just think. Um, still threw three touchdowns and, and 332 yards. Like he still looked really good. He still looked good to me. It he was did. Just, he looked like he belonged. He did. He was uh, he was he was running up a hill with like trying to dodge a bunch of boulders that were running at him. But uh, I'm not ready to jump off Trevor Lawrence after one week. But yeah, it, it's just proves to you that uh, it sucks playing for
2: the Jags. Yeah, it, it has to. You know, Wells threw three picks in his first start. Peyton Manning. Yep. Peyton Manning. Let, check this out. So, in a 24 15 loss to the Dolphins, Dan Marino was the quarterback. Thir- 21 to 37, 302, a touchdown and three picks. But I went, I went back a, a little bit further to another prospect Trevor Lawrence has been compared to John Elway. What? Damn, I'm all over this shit. All right. All right. They beat the Steelers 14 10 in Pittsburgh. It was Terry Bradshaw's last season. Franco Harris scored the only touchdown for the Steelers. That's crazy. Uh, Elway, one for eight, 14 yards and a touchdown. Steve DeBerg, four for eight, 35 yards and a touchdown. The Broncos ran the ball 38 times for 138 yards that day. Um, So, you know, yes. Are we overreacting a little bit to a guy who threw three touchdowns and 332 yards in his first game? Probably. I think, just think there's a lot of chaos down there. He's going to have to deal with, you know? Um, I I mean, like I said, last week, Mac Jones, mistake-free football. Zach Wilson looked like he belonged. I mean, I I was actually pretty impressed by them and maybe it's just the way of the NFL today with all the reps they have and passing league, but.
0: He didn't start, but I thought Justin Fields. Yeah. A little bit that he did play. I mean, you know, I was, like I said, last week, I'm, I'm, I'm high on him. And I think he'll be starting in a couple weeks. He left you wanting more. I mean, he had a couple memorable moments. He had a big hit on Marquise Goodwin, I think in like a, like a nine yard completion on their opening drive. And then in the third quarter, he had a nasty scramble, like a three yard scramble, but it was between defenders which he dove into the end zone to score a
1: touchdown. The nasty scramble seems like something you could order at Waffle House. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it sounds legit.
2: Hell yeah. And uh, Trey Lance <laughs> threw a touchdown pass too. He did. He
1: did.
0: Yeah. Every, everybody had some action. Everybody got
1: action. It was one of those nights. One of those back nights. To your, back to your question to Ken about uh, uh, Brady and Billichick. Mac Jones looked really good. He did. He looked yeah. awesome. He, he looked exactly as Ken described him last week to me. He looked like the best. He looked like the best rookie quarterback this week yep. to me. Not he's
2: the best guy for the job. That's not going to lose it for you. Totally agree with he made, you.
1: He made great decisions. He gets rid of the ball really quick. He had some unfortunate things happen to him. I, I think he's going to be good.
0: Well, the Saints and the Packers squared off, and what amounted to a trading places sequel with James Winston tossing five touchdowns and. Shailene Woodley's husband tossing nothing except for two interceptions. Prior to the game, Fox Sports dropped what appeared to be a Holistic Healing Center's exit interview with a very zen Aaron Rodgers. Because they wouldn't commit to me past 2021. So I figured if they wanted to make a change, even though I just won MVP, why wait? They drafted my replacement, so let him play. If that's what you want. But I could also picture myself not playing. So there was a lot of things. You really thought about retirement? 100%. Ken, how many cups of ayahuasca do you have to drink for your hair to tie
2: itself into a man bun like his? I don't know, man, but I'll tell you what. Is that how you say it? Ayahuasca? Yeah. Where can I get a cup of that? <laughs> well, most people would tell you you have to go to Tulum
0: okay. or Peru or Portugal or, you know, right. but the uh, ayahuasca, I happen to know, is now gotten a bit of a following in the United States where I think people are uh, opening up their homes to those that would like a cup of the sacred tea. <laughs> oh, man. But you got you to gotta be ready for ego death, man.
2: You ready for ego death? Is that, is, that, um, is that like the hell storm that you ran into from Dungeons and Dragons today? Oh, it's worse. <laughs> and it was a hellscape. Oh, the hellscape, yeah. Yeah. The hellscape. No,
0: well, ayahuasca is, uh, I mean, obviously, it's a very potent hallucinogen for those that don't know. But the purpose of it, I mean, it has been used in, in both social situations, but mostly ceremonial with a lot of aboriginal peoples. And it's supposed to show you whatever it is you need to see. And a lot of the people that I know that have taken it, uh, all seem to have the same story, which is essentially that you experience ego death. And all of those things that sort of chain you to a selfish plateau get unchained and you're a new person, so to speak. Wow.
2: <laughs> so getting back to Aaron Rodgers, huh? Also, Ken, <laughs> it, it,
0: it said you might grow hair back.
2: No way, dude. I work with a girl who used to be an esthetician. She said she can grow my hair back for me. Lethal. Hey, hey, I will be you lethal. Could have, you could have lethal. a man bun like A-Rod. Hey, I'll take a mun.
0: He could have a chin bun right now. He does. He, he, the, the growth is very plentiful.
2: Yeah. In front. Oh, it's legit. Oh, yeah. It's legit. It is. It's legit. Um, by the way, uh, Trading Places, pound for pound, perhaps the best comedy of the eighties. Brilliant movie. I think most people would probably agree with you. I think, I would have, I think you'd have to... I mean, what, what else would there be?
1: Revenge except of the Nerds? Me, I, except for me, because I've never seen it. You've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Hear no evil, see no evil. Oh, that's a phenomenal movie. I've you know seen what's crazy?
2: Um, is that... Uh, like, Jameis Winston wanted to go to New Orleans to learn. Like, yeah. speaking of ego death, right? National Championship, Heisman Trophy, first-round pick throws all these interceptions and has the self-awareness to say, you know what, maybe taking a step back and learning a little more is going to help me take two steps forward. So I give him all the credit in the world for that. Um, and, and he went to the, I mean, what better place to go to, to learn how to be a better player. Um, and there was a great article. They asked him what was the most, the, what play was the best play of the game. And he said, he, you know, we threw the ball away. Whereas maybe a couple of years ago in Tampa Bay, he would have tried to squeeze it in there. Right. Um, he mentioned that he saw, you know, he saw the backer in the flat cover in the back out of the backfield, and um, you know, instead of trying to squeeze it in there, he threw it away.
0: He seemed like a different quarterback to me. Yeah. I mean, it goes to show you put a guy in a different system, mm-hmm. you know, and and have him have been humbled a little bit
2: and cr- and coached properly. Um, and, and it's uh, nice to see a player like that, you know, change the narrative on his career potentially, which, I mean, obviously, I, I mean, he, he, he really already did. But long-term, um, I, you know, I'm kind of rooting for him now. Kind of, I think you kind of have to. Um, but as far as the other guy goes, <sighs> here's what I'm going with for that. We need more time to see what happens. It's week one. R E L Ax, let's all let's all
1: take some ayahuasca and we, relax. Yeah, Ayahuasca
2: <laughs> and relax. You're absolutely right, buddies and <laughs> ice cream cones. He's gonna have a great week next week. It's gonna be great. Um, and they have a great team. They have a good team, and everyone's like, oh. Packers. And I'm like, dude, it's week one. Overreaction, huge overreaction.
0: You know. I would normally agree with you guys. I got to tell, I don't know. Watching that Fox sports interview for me, I just don't think that guy gives a fuck about playing football right now, at least in a Packers uniform. And I know that they have the lions this weekend, which he very well may have a bounce back game because their defense fucked terrible. But he's got the 49ers and the Steelers on the back end of that. I don't know, man. He does not look like he wants to play to me. And he certainly doesn't sound like he wants to either. If if you got a guy that was legitimately considering retirement because of how, you know, the team was treating him, the front office was treating him, he knows Jordan Love is primed to take over. I just think he may not give a fuck about playing there anymore. I, I almost think the Packers should trade him now. Put Jordan Love in, you know, get what you can for Rodgers um to make the scenario better for Love when he takes over. But boy, I, I don't know. And and I know that it's an overreaction to react to one game, but I've never seen Rodgers play that bad.
2: They're a Super Bowl team. They can't give they can't give up on that this year. You know, I mean, uh, you know.
1: I need to jump in on Ken and Mark, your point. Let me take you down memory lane just one year. I don't know if you guys remember this. All right, We need to cue we... the,
0: the dream sequence music.
1: Ooh. Cue the dream sequence. One year ago, back in 2020, the first game of the season. I don't know if you guys remember this. Do you remember who the Saints played? No. They played the Bucks, and they kicked the shit out of them. It kicked the shit out of them. I think it was 38 to 14 or something like that. So I just want to pump the brakes a little bit because everybody was like, Brady made the wrong decision. He's done. Blah, blah, blah. The Saints are amazing. So I'm not ready. I'm not ready to... Did did Brady have a 10.7 QBR?
2: I mean, that's... Maybe. Everyone's entitled to a bad day. Look, overreaction
1: overreaction week two. I'm just saying, if, if you guys remember... The Bucks got crushed and everyone was yep. like, oh, Brady's in a division now with real teams. He's going to be terrible. I got a spoon. I got a stir. A a a a
0: There's no question that Monday night's matchup between Baltimore and the Raiders already set a high bar for game of the year. But The Manning Brothers Monday Night Football megacast on ESPN2 was also on fire. I mean, that's the thing about them, right? They can blitz and get pressure. They can rush four and get pressure. If you can get pressure with four, cover two man, Eli, what'd you do? Did you
2: set the alarm? (laughs) We We have a fire alarm. alarm.
0: While we're watching the game. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Drew, you're up first. Give us your 30-second take on the man and cast.
1: I'm going to spend the first 15 seconds talking about how – Ken and I used to be ESPN producers and we pitch all these media minutes all the time that we actually want to be segments, but Mark has now brought them down to one minute. He's like, you guys get one minute. Yeah. So I'm down to 10 seconds. I'm going to say once they focused on the game, it was awesome. They tried to jam too much into the beginning. T- Travis Kelsey said shit on live TV, which was awesome. Charles Barkley said that he he bet on the Raiders at plus four, which was amazing. Uh, Russell Wilson's fourth quarter breakdown, like I said, was awesome. And you know what? I laughed out loud, and I have not laughed out loud authentically in a TV broadcast in a long time. And it's going to get better, and I'll watch every Monday. It's my 30 seconds.
0: Uh, It wasn't 30 seconds. It was a minute, which is perfect for a medium minute. So maybe maybe both of you get a minute. Ken, your turn.
2: Do I get a, a whole medium minute? Or well, just wasted five of it already. Yeah. You gotta well, Drew just wasted a minute of his media minute. Um, I am um, 30 seconds. Yes, of course. Uh, I, um, loved, um, uh, I thought what was funny was Travis Kelsey. He just agreed with whatever they said. <laughs> he provided no insight. He's like, yeah, you got to do that all the time, man. It was like, it was almost like he was like, I just was kind of like fucking around. It was pretty good. Um, You know, having, uh, you know, obviously, having worked in television before, you know, Drew, you've done a, a whole season of college football, right? The first show of the year, not going to be nearly as good as the last one, because you, you build, you know, cohesion, right? So I mean, anybody coming down on the show, to think that Peyton Manning is going to let something like this be a failure in his life is crazy. But I I liked it. I thought the best part was just the, the all of the detail uh, from the quarterbacks and what they're looking at when they walk up to the line of scrimmage and pre-snap post-snap after the play is done, how like, you know, they're already getting the coach telling them other things in their ear, like the play's done. And I deserve more than that. Anyway, um, they, in my opinion, um, they, the, the detail that they were taking you through was amazing. Amazing to be able to have to think and process and all that information and think a player or two or three ahead um, that fast and that short of a period of time. We're just sitting here watching on TV and 20 seconds, we could flip to another channel and come back before the snap.
0: Ken has a Ken has a mental illness where he can't talk for less than a minute. So we apologize to all of you. It's medium minutes
1: plural now. However, Mark, hey, first of all, producer Mark, this was your fault for actually thinking you could ask us a question about television and it go less than a minute.
0: I'll do it I'll do it like the uh, the, the chip I did at the beginning of the show uh, I do I do agree with both of you I the, the one thing we haven't mentioned is how terrible the audio mix was which they got to figure that out um, for subsequent broadcasts because that was I wanted to listen to all of it because I found it fascinating and fun. But the audio was so bad that half of the time I couldn't hear what they were saying because they had the sound mixing in from the stadium at a level that was higher than what they were, um, and it was untenable.
1: Also, but also, they they were also interrupting each other worse than three guys oh, eating ice cream doing their first podcast. <laughs> it
2: was
0: yeah, it was three dudes eating ice cream doing their first podcast. <laughs> yes. Yep, um, um,
2: I, I do know the producer. I do know him. I worked with him many times for several years. Um, So it was kind of funny to hear his voice on the air, telling him a commercial was coming. Um, But what, what really, you know, from, from a technical perspective um, what you have to realize is for the, you know, three, four other people listening to this that don't work in TV. uh, The studio is such a controlled environment and to have audio issues like that um, really is alarming frankly, like that's what you expect when you take a truck from a company, I believe what NEP or they're in Pittsburgh, right? So the truck goes all the way all around the country to different events, right? Like there was no issues with the Monday night football audio from the game in Vegas, right? And that truck moves all around the country, has to get rewired and reset up and taken down and all that stuff. But they have this controlled environment there. Uh, It was just a little disappointing, to be honest with you, that uh, they had those issues. But on the other hand, um, I do sympathize or empathize with them because I've been there myself. I'm sure Drew has too. Uh, Man, I hate us, it. You know?
1: The other thing, like, I don't I don't really know the circumstances, but it would have made it a lot easier if the Mannings were at the same place. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Isn't Eli living in Jersey? Like, he couldn't drive up to Connecticut? <laughs> they couldn't coordinate yeah. that. That was confusing to me.
2: It could be COVID issues too.
0: I will – agree with both of you though. And Drew said this earlier in the podcast, but, but Ken, you just said it about the Manning cast. I thought that for me personally, the most fascinating part of the Manning cast wasn't even either of them. And I, and I love them. Um, It it was fun to have them do it, but it was to have a present day quarterback like Russell Wilson commenting on the game in a season in which he's an actual player um, was like super fascinating to me because there's also this part, you know, especially as like a Seahawks fan where I'm like, well, don't tell them what you think about it too much, (laughs) you know, like what are you going to do in this scenario? But at the same time, it was fun to hear and, you know, and to have legend like Peyton, you know, and, and Eli in his own right as well. You know, to, to talk about, you know, looking at these defensive formations, you know, given whatever the context of the game is, if it's in the, you know, fourth no. quarter, there's only this many minutes left and detail you're doing clock management and it's this down and this many yards and, and what's going through your head. It was fascinating.
2: Fascinating. Yeah, I agree. The de- the level of detail was amazing.
1: Also, Eli Manning is low key hilarious. Oh, he's hysterical. He's hysterical. Hysterical.
2: Um, I, think I, I, I think I texted you guys last night. He, I told you guys this last night. He is a large human being. He does not look like it on TV. But when I met him, um, uh, I got to meet him, him and Tom Coughlin and Justin Tuck uh, in a preseason meeting. I, Eli is a big human being.
0: I know. And it's amazing that like 90% of it is his forehead.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I just, uh, but like, I was bl- like one of those people you're blown away by, like I, I, I did the ESPYs one year and I walked past Sylvester Stallone and he was like, came up to like my shoulder. He was really short. Right. But, but like, he's one of those people, you don't think he looks that big on TV, but he looks big in real, in real life. It was, uh, um, you know, just one of those ridiculously stupid things that Mark can probably edit out tomorrow after the show. <laughs>
0: It'll be here. I <laughs> if
2: it makes Kim look stupid, <laughs> how was that for a media minute? It was a media
0: mm, 10 minutes. <laughs> Ken Ugh. Can't believe I'm saying this. Titans and the Jags are picking shoelaces out of our teeth. Drew has established parlay clout with the Raiders, routing the Ravens outright. But it's a new week in a new world. What'd you give me for week two?
2: I have the Rams minus three in Indianapolis for one reason and one reason only. That unbelievable throw that Matthew Stafford made on Sunday night and the amazing camera angle that saw him drop it (laughs) across, throw it across the field, 57 yards or whatever it was. That was an amazing throw. Um, They were, they look good, man. They look good. Well
1: coached. Everybody's on board, you know, man, he looked good. Yeah. I like that pick. Quick question. Have you ever met like a grown man that goes by Matthew? Like if you called him Matt, he's like, I- it's Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'd like to. <laughs> Do you think he actually goes by Matthew? Like, does he get upset if someone's like Matt Stafford and they're like, Hey, it's Matthew. I don't know any Matthews.
2: Yeah. No one calls me Kenneth at this age, Drew, unless they're angry with me.
1: Okay. Last week I went with the biggest home underdog of the week. Um, this week I didn't really love any of the home underdogs, but I decided to go with the underdog that's gonna have more fans than the home team, taking the Cowboys at the Los Angeles Chargers. That thing's gonna be 65% Cowboys fans. Mm -hmm. plus three you know i i'm the Chargers showed it last week that they they actually won a game that they would have lost historically Mm -hmm. um so did the Bengals, which also did the dolphins there's some historic teams that uh used to lose those games that kind of snuck them out i wouldn't be shocked if the chargers won but i kind of like them to win by less than three points so i'm going uh Cowboys plus three with my uh, parlay party.
0: I like it. I think that's that's an appealing pick. It leaves me not being super crazy about the rest of the picks on the spread, which is why I'm going over under. I am taking the over in the Monday night football game, Lions and Packers, and here's why. Lions, despite losing to the 49ers, still managed to put up 33 points against them. And I just think, you know, they're doing what the Lions have always done. They, some, they'll they lose the game, but they'll still score points. And I am going to backtrack on my negative Aaron Rodgers comments I made before. I think the Lions' defense is bad enough. He'll have a bounce-back game. He'll put up points. I think this is a nice uh over for me to take at 48 because i think if aaron wouldn't have had as bad of a game as he would have had week one i think this over under would have been more like 54
1: 55 so taking 48 all day feeling good i'm feeling good about our parlay party I didn't I didn't like I didn't I didn't like your guys' picks last week, but I feel good. For my complete weekly picks, check out at full blown CBG on your favorite social media
0: platform. In the words of our preeminent podcast director, Dandy Wall, sometimes your dad takes you to the dump and he leaves you there. But the good news is the dump is the perfect place to find a lonely player rostered in 50% or less leaks, and forget about how long it takes your dad to come back from grabbing a pack of smokes. Last week, Drew had Henry Ruggs third, who finished with two receptions on five targets for 46 yards and was rostered in only 41% of leagues as of today. Ken had Janus Winston, who ate a fantasy feast with 147 passing yards, five touchdowns, and 37 rushing yards, and is still rostered in only 48% of leagues. And I had Nelson Aguilar, who also ate a tasty snack with five receptions for 72 yards and a touchdown and is likely still available as well as he is rostered in only 34% of leagues. Awful pick,
2: Drew. Awful pick.
0: Drew, you may have had our number on the parlay picks, but you're back at the dump looking for a diamond who's starting at the bottom to
1: get there. Uh, I still have faith in Ruggs, by the way. He had a major drop. He still had almost 50 yards. Nobody saw Darren Waller having 19 targets in the game. I wouldn't drop rugs. Just saying. Hang under rugs a couple more weeks. But we talked about this briefly earlier. The Cardinals offense might be special. I know uh I know Hopkins is gonna have get his. I know Kirk had a good game week one. Uh, but Rondell Moore is a uh, explosive talent, not saying necessarily this week, but uh, I like the season long upside of Rondell Moore, especially if it, it was obvious that AJ green is not the AJ green of six years ago. Um, if he gets hurt or if Kirk gets hurt, Rondell Moore could be a special athlete in uh, an explosive offense. And as Ken knows, I go, I base my fantasy team on uh, explosive offenses. Yes, yes. And you the Cardinals do. are an explosive offense. Maybe not this week. I don't do these by a week to week basis. I'm like, hang on to them. This is like a stock. You you buy low. You buy low on rugs. You buy low on Rondell Moore. Hang on to him. By the end of the season, you'll thank me. Rondell Moore. It showed last week that he is has, has NFL level explosiveness Rondell Moore pick him up while you can you know what the best
2: part about Rondell Moore is Drew? don't you he went to Purdue he loved Purdue who's the (laughs) you know what I do um but who's our favorite college football team that we love to hate so much Texas A&M oh you're ridiculous the University of Texas (laughs) right welcome Rondell Moore welcome Rondell Moore Bailed on the University of Texas after committing him in the last second to go to Purdue because I think he felt like he was going to get more playing time. So I thought that's a good pick because I almost picked him up on my team uh, when I saw him available. He, w- he was awesome his freshman year at Purdue. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I'm going with Sterling Shepard this week, going with a Giant. Seven Ooh. catches for 113 oh, and a touchdown. A homer a homer pick. has, yes, a homer oh, pick. And finally, we're talking about the yeah, Giants, you right? Just to,
0: you just told us they were going to be the worst team in football. It doesn't
2: mean they don't have fantasy performers on their team. Somebody's got to catch, catch the very few passes that are completed. When Daniel Jones actually holds onto the ball or stays on his feet, they have chemistry. Um, you know, everyone. a lot of attention is going to be paid to uh, Kenny Galladay. Uh, Evan Engram, if Evan Engram plays this weekend, he's also going to have to be accounted for. I mean, I'm sorry, on Thursday. So I'm going with Sterling Shepard. Good player. Been a good player his whole career, man.
0: Look, I, uh, I, I, I like the pick. I mean, he had 113 yards and a touchdown this week. So I don't, th- I don't think you're wrong. I am furious at Drew, not because he took Rondale Moore, but because he had to talk about my pick, which is going to be Christian Kirk five receptions for 70 yards and two touchdowns, and is only rostered 50% of the league, which means I got to go for somebody else because I think that's a gimme. Everybody should be picking up Christian Kirk if you don't have him already. Good, good play. My pick then is Mark Ingram, Houston Texans. He had 26 rushing attempts, 85 yards, touchdown, rostered only 22% of the league. He looks like he's the lead back there. If you got, if you got a running back problem, guy's probably available. Grab him now.
2: I'm, I'm actually doing that right now, Mark. I am looking up to see if Mark Ingram is available in this league that I'm in, and he is. Look at it. Unbelievable, right? How about that? How about that? All right,
0: that's all we've got for today's episode, but tune in next week for more full-blown coverage.